Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. 6.02 p.m. Mountain Time on this beautiful Saturday. Well, hopefully beautiful where you guys are at. It's rainy and dreary and cold here. But uh, you know what? It's uh, it's always a good Saturday hanging out inside on the stream with friends like Luke. Luke, how are you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, the sun's out here in the Mile High City after a huge stretch of bitter cold. Uh, it's it's weird, though, man. It's like the sun came out, though, and things just started to warm up. You got to see some of the heat coming off of the asphalt and just a beautiful day here in the, the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado. And I'm super pumped to talk a little Broncos, talk some Drew Locke, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the elephant in the room. He would have it no other way. He wants us talking. We are talking. And obviously some of that fatigue is setting in because we want a decision. But the good news is Broncos country, the combine, Nick, you and I both know it's right around the corner. I mean, just days away. So uh, it's a big off season for the Broncos, man. It's it's huge. I can't wait to see this next process of the offseason kick off on Monday. Yeah. Is there any team that has as much transition that is going underway as the Denver Broncos. I mean, they have the fifth most draft cap or not the fifth most draft. They have the fifth most cap space of any team right now. Obviously some other teams can do some cap ma- manipulations to get more, but you know, that's a, a big bonus for the Broncos, giving them some flexibility going forward. They have five top 100 picks. They have a team that's going to have a good amount of their players hit free agency. They're going to have to turn over the ownership situation, new head coaching staff, just so many questions, but with all that flexibility, there becomes a lot of opportunity as well. So really excited about that. Guys, welcome in again Saturday night. This is Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall and joined by Luke Patterson. As always, you can find Luke on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you go head to Mile High Huddle articles pubbing on the daily. I don't know if anybody hits you guys with the quality and the quantity of content that we do with the streams and the uh, articles as well. So check that out. Also shout out to Scott Kennedy in the background working the producing here. Gosh, we, uh, it's pretty hard to do these shows without Scott in the background. So really appreciate yeah. him being here. And uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat as well. I'm um, talking about also difficult without him in here. Dylan Von Arks, sub Broncos country. Make Our sure guy. you guys hit the like button on the way in and subscribe. If you haven't already, Absolutely. We also got uh, Stephen Degree saying going to have to look and see if Shermer have any, any crossover. Um, he's talking, I think, about Lewis Riddick there, um, the, the mm-hmm. main topic. We got Bradley Conger in the house saying, sup, Broncos country. And Dave Glassman giving the hearts there. We appreciate you so much. And let's get right into it here. Um, Bearded Bronco coming in saying, oh, we got stars also coming in from uh, Dave Glassman as well. Uh, so Thanks, says Dave. Scott from his sign language in the background. So thank you so much for the support, Dave. And bearded Bronco coming in. I, I can't tell what the picture. Oh, looks like there's a beard in that picture. It's it's. I can't tell you how small the pictures are when we're trying to look at these. But bearded Bronco saying if Riddick, Lewis Riddick was any good at his job, he wouldn't be spouting off at the mouth on television. He would be an exec somewhere. Well, 
uh, you might have a point there as far as spouting off at the mount versus being an executive, but Lewis Riddick is considered a pretty insightful person in the media side of things. It's not like he's showing up on first take and like being like, okay, you have to have an inflammatory take to my inflammatory take where I can be inflammatory to your take because it's not really about the, the analysis. It's about getting enraged from the fans, you know, getting, getting the clicks, you know, the, the emotional impact. I don't think that's really with Lewis Riddick. Um, but Luke, uh, obviously since we're talking about it, what mm-hmm. did Lewis Riddick have to say? Yeah, so just real quick, and I love it, Bearded Bronco, getting in the chat here. Yeah. And fire away, Broncos country, and I absolutely love it because he's coming in hot and he wants to defend his quarterback a little bit, and I've got no problem with that. But for Broncos country, those of you that don't know, uh, Lewis Riddick actually played in the NFL, right? I know a little bit before our time he was a safety uh, for a few years in the league and then basically came up as his pro scout, right? With the Washington football team, they had a different name back then. And then uh, even the Browns, it looks like, I didn't know that the Raiders and then the Orlando rage. Uh, I think that was an old AFL team, but yeah, I think so. uh, cut his teeth with Washington and Philly. And then it was the director of player pro pro personnel in Philly. And uh, it's been on ESPN for some time. It's cool to see him and Levy on and Brian Greasy on Monday Night Football. I know a lot of us tend to tune into Manning Cats, right? And that's obviously an interesting internal uh, competition with ESPN that the Mannings are winning in a landslide. But you and I have always liked uh, Mr. Riddick. We've, we've respected his work. We don't necessarily always agree with his opinions or his takes. No. But one thing I want to clear up real quick is – Drew Locke is not ESPN headline worthy. So I don't think this was said as like a hot take to further your point, Nick. He's not Dan Orlovsky up there trying to prove he's the smartest guy in the room. But he basically just sounded off on on one of his shows on ESPN and said, quote, Drew Locke has shown he is not a guy that right now can compete with Patrick Mahomes. He's not a guy who can compete with Justin Herbert. And we don't know how Derek Carr is going to look under Josh McDaniels at Las Vegas. But that is not how they want to go in the season and going forward at the quarterback position. Obviously, yeah, you're right. Quarterback coaches, head coaches, offensive coordinators are going to say all the right things because they don't know whether that guy is going to be on their team or whether or not they're going to use them as a trade piece for the next team in order to acquire someone. So he's going to say all the positive things. So he's, he's trying to talk a little bit about what Drew Locke was being referenced before we get to the big quote from, from uh, Lewis Riddick, but he's trying to talk a little bit about Justin Outen and Nathaniel Hackett and being mm-hmm. asked about Drew Locke. Hey, what do you think? Uh, our, one of our pieces up last week also talked a little bit about young Kubiak coming back to Denver and giving some of his initial impressions on Drew Locke as well. So as Lewis Riddick got into the show, we're going to get into a little bit more of the beefier content and that meat and potatoes quote that I wanted to say for just a minute, but let's continue to say, hello to some folks dave i appreciate those stars thank you so much uh looks like we have leroy williams in the house as well i'd like to like to see his comment here he's joining us on facebook guys we really appreciate everybody joining us whether it's on youtube facebook twitch uh appreciate the support on saturday night mhi leroy weighing in saying i was liking lewis riddick until he made that bogus comment about drew Locke. he can kick rocks as far as i'm concerned that's why he can't get a front office job anywhere He don't know how to keep his mouth shut. And I love it. If that's your truth, that's your truth. And one thing I thought was interesting, and I wanted to bring this up, Leroy, to your point, is that in February 2022, it was announced, Nick, that he interviewed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then that kind of went away. Two years ago, it was 
you know, rumored with the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions that he had interviewed for the front office positions there. And then that kind of went away as well. I'm not so sure it's him striking out as more of it's not a good fit and he's not willing to take any position. What say you regarding Lewis Riddick and his credentials, first of all, on on his position and uh, possibly returning to the league as GM? I've had a chance to talk with Lewis Riddick before at the uh, NFL Combine, and I thought he was a very articulate and well-spoken individual. I uh, can't speak to the individual interviews for all the places that he has interviewed. You know, who knows with those things, but he definitely has enough skins on the wall to say that he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. With that being said, this came on NFL Live, where it's a general NFL show, and as anybody in this community right now knows, you're never going to get the the depth and the quality of the content on the specific team, the Denver Broncos or any specific team, when you're looking at more of a wide scope uh, perspective on a show like that. So Lewis Riddick talking about Drew Locke, you know, maybe you can't really go into next season. You don't want to bank on an outlier going into next season. Good points all around. But then he goes on to talk about the, the pass catchers. Yes, they're good there. He talks about the offensive line being good. They've been average at best. And then really sticking out to me, um, he says that the Broncos have had a good pass rush. Uh, Probably the second worst pass rush in football last year, only uh, outdone by Scott's own Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so some of the things that he said, you know, I'm kind of putting a uh, a pause in, but we're going to do a pause here real quick because we have Naj wow. coming in. Naj. It's been a second, Naj. Thank you so much. Luke, go ahead. Thank you, brother. No, I was going to say, which you could find that article that Nick Kendall released. I'll plug it for you last week. Uh, a few days ago, last week, was, all the days are blending together. Uh, Chad, Zach, watch out on Huddle Up because MHI is coming for you in a big way with not only Nick all over the shows, but uh, man, we're putting out a lot of written content at Mile High Huddle. Nick just put an article out there talking about that pass rush, revealing some key analytics on how the Broncos need to improve. But Naj, our guy, we appreciate you. $49.99 helps keep the lights on. We, man, very humbling. Thank you so much. Hey, brothers, I've hoped that Drew Locke would be the answer and think the world of him, but he has had opportunities last year and didn't do enough. He lost every game he played in. I'm an optimist, but without a difference maker at quarterback, it'll be another long season. I really like that. Let's leave that up for just a second, Scott, because I think that's a fairly even keeled not take, but truth, Nick. I mean, yeah. I think that we all want to like Drew Locke. We hate to see some of the results on the field, but it's time for a fresh start somewhere else. And we'll get into Lewis Riddick's big quote here in a bit on Drew Locke, but uh, you'd like to see him get another start. It hasn't worked out for whatever reason, some fault of his own, some fault on the organization. It's just, it's been bad. So it's time to move on. I, I really like this take from Naj. Yeah, and to be fair to Drew Locke, I mean, it's been a tumultuous start to his career three years in. Um, there's been injuries around him. I mean, relying on two rookie pass catchers in 2020, Cortland Sutton going down, uh, the sick bug offseason. I mean, those are all mm -hmm. viable points for Drew Locke's struggles to date. I personally, I have a very high bar for quarterback play, um, as, and maybe this is heightened a tad because the worst quarterback in your division is Derek Carr, and he's very easily arguably a top 10 quarterback he's and a playoff that, quarterback he's a current playoff quarterback i mean that's yep. the fact of the matters you're right yep. so like mediocre is not good enough heck even like bumping your head on above average is not good enough you need to swing for top 10 perennial quarterback play and based on the data so far drew lock it is improbable not impossible that he reaches that level who knows though um Right now, Drew Locke is still the last year of his contract. He's still young. He's still got arm talent. He's a solid athlete for the quarterback position. And worst case scenario, if the Broncos, you know, bring in a cheap veteran option to compete with Locke and Locke wins, that's that's not the worst case scenario for me. In the long, 
Uh oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take the phone just like in class. No, yeah, no. but to your point, man, we've we, we've tried to reference it, and we're not yeah. trying to bash Drew Locke. We're and we're gonna get into the quote here in a second, but Drew Locke on this team in 2022 is extremely realistic, and we're not trying to you know get everyone all afraid and trying to get everyone riled up. We're simply trying to prepare and uh, not only prepare you, but prepare ourselves as well because. While I don't think Drew Locke is going to be the starter in 2022, he's definitely going to be on the roster if nothing yeah. moves on this Rodgers thing. Uh, I know there was a Wilson report on milehighhuddle.com that Zach Kelberman uh, pubbed right before we hit the air. So go check that out. But, guys, yeah. it's just for me, it, unless you trade for another quarterback, and even if you do, Drew Locke could still be on this team. He is not overly coveted by any NFL teams that I know, I think he would get another shot. Absolutely. But are teams going to spend capital to trade for drew Locke? The answer is no. I mean, I could see somebody giving, what, what would you give for Sam Darnold right now? That's about what you should be expecting for drew Locke Ooh. on the open market, you know, and take a step back. Like there's a reason I would say there's probably a reason that people who are not connected to the Broncos, probably too close to the situation right now, treat drew Locke as an afterthought. Uh, maybe fair or not. That's just the reality of the NFL. Now, again, he's still here. He's going to have an opportunity. This is a very good womb or environment, if you will, offensively around him. So, uh, we'll see. I think, I mean, I'm not ready to give up on drew lock, but there's no way in heck they should go into him without any sort of competition or looking to upgrade the position as well. Um, that's just that reality. I don't think anybody would say any differently. Um, but, uh, now, who knows? Uh, Travis Weber coming in here with the stars, I'm sure. Thank you so much, Travis. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Good evening, okay. Luke, Nick, Scott, and Broncos country. You said this to Luke before. There is no denying that Denver wants to upgrade the quarterback, but with how it's looking with Rodgers and Wilson, not going to look past the possibility of running it back with Locke this last year of his rookie deal, or if Denver actually drafts a quarterback to consider Cousins, Matty Ice, or dare I say Wentz. So, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens there with the quarterback position for the Broncos. If they can't get Wilson or Rodgers, uh, or uh, Kyler Murray. I think that definitely it makes way more sense to keep Locke. Still, you know, he's cheap. Roll the dice again on him. Maybe you hit Yahtzee with him this season. Then you have a very tough conversation a year from now with when he's a free agent. Uh, but uh, again, not to, it's just improbable, and I don't think there's any way that you should go in with only him next year as your starting quarterback. Like the 2020 pathway, which was Drew Locke versus Jeff Driscoll, of all freaking people, who was converted to a tight end by the Texans. He was so bad at quarterback. Who almost played in the Super Bowl uh, yeah. just a couple of weeks ago, by the way, kind of gave us that scare. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. And, and Nick, for for just everybody watching at home, Nick's all fired up. He's got a huge celebratory evening with his wife tonight. So he's he's feeling good and he's feeling positive. Let me rain on your parade just a little bit before Mr. Riddick jumps in the game. Uh, Drew Locke being on this team and Drew Locke starting in 2022 are two very different things for me. I do not think that there is any shot in hell that George Payton is going to, quote, run it back with Drew Locke in 2022. That's just, he recognizes this fan base is definitely checking out. Uh, I actually argued just a little bit with our own Kenneth Booker and check out his work on milehighhuddle.com as well. Good staff writer for us. Um, we bickered just a little bit, and he's like, man, Broncos country, he's repping their passion, right? And I'm like, yeah, I hear you, but 10,000 no-shows is becoming the average. You roll that back out there with retread quarterback A and Drew Locke, it's not going to be good. I was out there at training camp giving the reports that nobody was there for a Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater training camp in a world that was post sick little bug and we couldn't just wait to get out and watch football. These things are real. The cloud in Denver is real. You want to lift that 
that cloud, you better draft a quarterback or bring in a big one via free agency or trade. It's that simple. Speaking of that simple, our guy, Will Stewart, always showing us that love, always giving us that that awesome, simple, complex love. We appreciate you, Will. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Hey, guys, just wondering what you think about trading for Atlanta's Matt Ryan. If we could pick him up uh, cheap, maybe a second rounder. I believe Justin Outen worked with him at Atlanta, and the Falcons are looking to be rebuilding. Scott, I'm wondering how you're reacting to this one because Scott's our resident Atlanta Falcons guy. And, Nick, I know you do some work with Scott with Falcons, but that's an interesting question. Matt Ryan with the Broncos, something that we've mentioned and I think ran across at least the last year. What say you? I mean – Matt Ryan in a vacuum would interest me a tad. He would definitely be an upgrade on what this team has had since Peyton Manning. Uh, people say he's kind of fallen off, but if you look at that Falcons, if you were, I don't want to say cursed because I don't want to tease Scott too much, but if you watch the Falcons <laughs> this past year on offense, I mean, there's very few quarterbacks in the entire league that would have succeeded behind that offensive line throwing to the pass catchers that they had. I mean, this is a team that is, very devoid of talent um, right now in the trenches and at wide receiver. I mean, they're all their wide receivers are essentially, you know, at best wide receiver threes and fours in the NFL, not great. Um, and the wide, and they have not only one horrific uh, pass block on the offensive line in McKay, uh, Caleb McGarry at right tackle, but their left guard um, was absolutely terrible as well. Jalen Mayfield, the Falcons might've had the worst right tackle and left guard in football on the same offensive line. Um, but that being said, Matt Ryan's kind of falling apart. The reason I'm very skeptical of this happening is that Matt Ryan's contract. If you trade him pre June 1st, it's 40 million dead cap on the Falcons Can't deal with it. it. 8 million. I mean, personally, I think of the Falcons, you know, they already have a lot of dead cap. Maybe they just take their medicine this year, suck it all up, you know, pay for it now. And then uh, stink this year, get a top three pick next year and get your cap right going forward. But uh, I'm skeptical they make the the move with that uh, that amount of dead cap. You're just not saving yourself a lot of money doing that. So um, Jerry Holland coming in saying he might be on the outside looking in. Locke hasn't do it. Teddy two yards did. Um, Jerry also said uh, Locke had Mahomes beat. Gordon fumbled that win away. Uh, I'm old enough to remember Taysom Hill beating Tom Brady this past year. Uh, teams beat other teams, <laughs> not quarterbacks beating quarterbacks. Um, unless you want to say Taysom Hill's better than Tom Brady, then I guess well, let's let's have a discussion. Jerry, but. yeah, no, Jerry, you're right. I mean, like, but don't kid yourself. He's part of that. I mean, when you can't beat out said Teddy two gloves, Teddy check down, whatever we want to call him. Uh, that's kind of making my point for me. I mean, the bottom line is you're right, Jerry, but I'm right too. These quarterbacks have not been good enough. So we got to find a new one. And it's tough yeah. because I've at least hitched my wagon to the Aaron Rodgers train a long time ago since I heard those rumblings out in Vegas. And uh, while things can change, man, it's it's hard. I'm fatigued like a lot of other people. I'm not going to go through a cleanse or anything like that. But uh, it, it's just one of those things that's really odd. We are talking about here on MHI. He's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. Scott on the ones and twos. We're getting into some of these comments that uh, former pro scout in Bron uh, not Broncos brass, NFL brass with the Eagles and the Washington football team. Uh, Lewis Riddick had some comments regarding Drew Locke on NFL Live yesterday, Friday. He said, quote, they being the Denver Broncos have a lot of nice pieces now. You don't want to have it all go to waste because you are sitting there. You know, selling pipe dreams about a quarterback that you know can't get the job done when they know they have to make a swing and a big swing at getting the big fish. That big fish for this football team is that guy that we talk about who is going on 12 days of cleanses. 
Man, that's a tough one. You saw it first. You beat me to it by about an hour. I saw it, and then we started swapping swapping little, you know, cute nothings and everything into each other's ears. But, man, this sounds like he went scorched earth. It sounds a little brutal when you read it out loud. I don't think he meant anything personal by it. What was your initial reaction when you heard uh, Lewis Riddick's take on Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos? I mean, he just doesn't respect Duloc as a viable starting quarterback in the AFC West. Uh, it's really just that simple. Um, I think it was definitely he didn't have he also didn't have to play nice, right? Like he's not going to hear it from Broncos country, nor is he going to care from them. And he doesn't have to play ball uh, to have access. You know, it's not a pay to play with the players in the front office that you might get with some people actually closer to the Broncos. Um, and he worked he, in Philly, so he's mean and tough, right? I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah, I do think that to an extent him completely writing off Drew Locke as a afterthought is something that I wouldn't do personally. Maybe I'm too close to the situation because again, I've said it. I mean, this is an offense that is very simple for the quarterback. It should be at least the reads are more half field. Um, they're going to be more high, low concepts. There's less mentally on the plate from a pre-snap perspective for the, the verbiage will be tough, no doubt, but the, from a actual reads perspective, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay offense is simpler on the quarterback. And there's multiple reports out there now that what Shermer asked from Locke to do from a pre and post snap processing standpoint, he struggled with as a student and on the field, grasping the concepts and running them. So Shermer had to dial back those and then Locke could uh, functionally run the offense. So this should be a simpler offense from that perspective. And Drew Locke entering what will be his 26 year age uh, season, which is again, not that young. He came out as a senior um, already, you know, a lot of 50 starts in the, at the sec level as well. You know, not a guy who has completely raw had experience in that regard. Uh, so this married. Is getting married. I mean, he's entering that point in his life. So this is a big season. I just think that again, Lewis doesn't, doesn't give a hoot if Broncos country's mad at him, uh, but I think completely writing off lock to the extent that he did is I don't want to say it's BS, but it's just, you know, he doesn't have to worry about it. And for me also, I mean, he's he, the point on the head is like, you don't want to bet on an outlier. The Broncos shouldn't be betting on Drew Locke, uh, but they also don't want to badmouth him because he still could be here. Very true. Very right. I mean, Locke is here. He's cheap. And if you lose out on Aaron Rodgers slash Russell Wilson, um, let's say they're even, even available, um, then keeping Locke and having him compete and earn all caps earn the starting quarterback spot this offseason versus an Andy Dalton or a Tyrod Taylor. It's milk toast. It's gross. I get that, but there are worse situations to be in as a team. It gives you flexibility going forward and you're not marrying yourself to somebody who's not an ideal long-term option. You're not desperate marrying the person who's the last person at the bar when closing time calls. That's which I think mm. taking a quarterback in the top 10 of this draft would be. Mm, that would be rough. That would be rough. Yeah. But here to make it better is our friend Chief Big Belly with a $5 super. We appreciate you so much joining Nick, Scott, and I on MHI on your Saturday night. If we can swing for Aaron Rodgers, we should swing full force. But I think Nathaniel Hackett could do wonders with Drew Locke. I would love to see him playing to his strengths. Uh, that kind of furthers your um, comments regarding Nathaniel Hackett's offense, this philosophy. It's not going to be rocket science, even no. though the guy who designed it can do rocket science from everything I read and understand about Nathaniel Hackett. No. Definitely a brainiac in his own right and a very intelligent man in football mind. Our guy, Gary Leeds Palmer, coming in here. What's up, Gary? Gary's been supporting us from the beginning. I like Drew, but if he doesn't make it, lots of good guys don't make it. Really good quarterbacks don't grow on trees. You're exactly right, Gary, and there's something to be said for making it to the NFL as well, especially yeah. as a second-round quarterback. It's easy for you and I to scoff at it, and we do it with our respective roles. 
but it is not personal. Like I've said on this show last week, you've said it. Drew Locke's a good guy. We all are rooting for Drew. He comes from a good family. He works hard. He cares. He's not Paxton Lynch getting cut and whatever that was in Canada and then the new football league and all this craziness. That's not Drew, man. It's just he hasn't had the right circumstances and he hasn't necessarily performed to his level that I initially thought he could. That's why I had a first round grade on him. So I understand it. And I think that's a good thing, Gary. Like, look, lots of good guys don't make it in the league, man. Lots of good guys don't make it to the league. Drew Locke, he's made it to the league. I think another team will take a chance. Michael Ranquillo coming in here. Good evening, Nick and Luke. Good evening, Michael from Arizona. Our guy Steve showing some support and some love. Appreciate you so much. And we're rocking and rolling here on MHI. Joe is in the house with a $20 super. Appreciate you. Did you guys see the clip of Nathaniel Hackett explaining the shallow cross play? I know it's simple, but seeing his energy and mannerisms was awesome. Tugalicious. I get why he would be fun to play for. Hope we have our franchise head coach. Uh, it would be great, but you know what? If the Broncos don't figure out the quarterback position, he's going to be one of the long names of guys who was here, um, had a shot, didn't get it together. And unfortunately, the stakes are heightened and tougher because the bar is higher in the AFC West than any other division in football. I mean, if there was a redraft in of all the quarterbacks available in the league right now, the first or every single player, forget quarterbacks, um, available in the league right now, the first two guys off the board you could argue would be Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. That's how long, that's how tough the road is for the Broncos going forward. And that unfortunately means even above average isn't going to cut it. You need to find yourself a perennial top 10 quarterback, or you're going to be what the Raiders were. Or, I mean, what the Raiders were during the Manning years, what the chiefs were during the Alex Smith years is like as your best case scenario, which it sucks. It sucks. I mean, nobody wants to hear that. Um, but that's the bar in the AFC West going forward. It just, it's, it is so hard to clear. Yeah. The energy with Nathaniel Hackett is a big one. And I wrote about it on milehighhuddle.com a few days ago, maybe Tuesday. It's all these days, man, are running together. And energy was a big thing from that, that press conference, even with Justin Outen and uh, Coach Evero and, and Coach Stooks. Um, these guys are coming in here with good energy. They want to internally develop not only other coaches, but players as well. I absolutely love it. I think that uh, one other thing that they brought in addition to energy was trying to establish, at least it felt like they were saying, they wanted to establish a personal connection as a workplace family. I mean, when you think about it, and I wrote about it, it you, we spend so much time at work, Nick. I mean, I worked overtime. You work overtime. Your wife works. Everybody works overtime. Everybody works, spends time outside of their house more than half their life. And that's an interesting concept. So when you're outside of your, your home, outside of your comfort zone, you're with your coworkers. What's that like? Is it a miserable experience or is it something you enjoy doing? Is it something that you can use to get from point A to B or is it something you want to further and invest and double down and get into the nitty gritty? I absolutely love the, not only the energy, but it seems like he's an authentic guy. sounds like Mark Schlereth got to spend some time with him uh, over the last week a little bit. So authenticity is huge. Players recognize it immediately, and I think they've, they've got that with this current coaching staff, top to bottom. Yeah, authenticity, uh, fresh perspective, it definitely could work out great because it seems like they're coming at it from a different approach than approach than almost every team um, 
gosh, in the league uh, for years, but uh, we'll see, right? The proof will be in the pudding and we'll see it over time if it works or not. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in saying the Broncos didn't sign Patrick and Sutton just to tank this year. Broncos are going to trade for someone. Even Cousins is much better than what they had last year. Clint Kubiak link is there and I can see it happening. Uh, I mean, I think that a lot of teams understand, especially seeing Matt Stafford always never won a playoff game. He's been terrible in Detroit. Why would you trade for him? Trade him one season and he goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Tom Brady looks like he's regressing. Uh, the offense is faltering around him in New England. Goes to Tampa Bay one year later, wins the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just these teams that are have these great franchise quarterbacks probably are going to think once or twice before giving these guys up. And I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if Russell Wilson, if Aaron Rodgers, if Kirk Cousins, if Kyler Murray are all back playing where they were last year, because if you don't have that quarterback, you're not doing bleep in the NFL. And those guys have their quarterbacks. They might not have the things around them right now. Um, but the first question is, do you, or do you not have the quarterback from there? You proceed to is the offensive line good enough is the pass rush good enough. So I could see some of these teams not tripping over themselves to give up their top 10 caliber quarterbacks. Peter, our guy, I think good morning in Cambodia, I think is yeah. what it is. Right, Pete. And let me know if I got that right, man. One of our, our Absolutely. huge supporters and friends that supports us uh, all over the world. Absolutely love it. Wanted to get to, uh, it looks like adventure Elena. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. No one can truly say that drew lock has had a legitimate shot. Last year was not a legitimate competition because drew lock won. The reason I'm bringing this up is not only because it's important to get a pulse of the people and, and open up the, the conversation to the chat line, but this is very uh, popular and this is a very um, dense argument for drew lock supporters and i would say while competition was a lot closer than it should have been for teddy bridgewater as a veteran quarterback uh the fact of the matter is vic fangio wanted teddy bridgewater and so it really doesn't matter who won training camp who didn't win training camp and i'm gonna hate if that's the case this next year with drew lock and i gotta go out there every single day for training camp and write up at the end of the day who won drew lock or marcus Mariota. Who won, you know, Drew Locke or Retread C? Uh, that would be absolutely horrible, worst-case scenario. So I do think Drew has got a, a fair shake, absolutely, in the sense of he's been put on the field. Anytime you're put on the field, that's a fair shake. Circumstances in the NFL are never ideal, and Drew Locke is a young player, but he's been in the league not one, not two, not three. I feel like LeBron, right, with the Miami thing, but – He's not just a kid. He's a grown man. He's been in the league for a handful of years, almost. It's time to either do it or don't. And I don't think Drew Locke has done it here in Denver. I think he would be better off elsewhere. Yeah, dating back to all day two quarterbacks, all the way to the 2014 draft, Drew Locke has accumulated the second most starts of any quarterback out of those quarterbacks. Some of them have gotten zero starts. Um, so Drew Locke with 20 plus starts. What? Uh, uh what grade did you have on Drew coming out of the draft, Nick? What prediction, like, was I, thought, I thought he was a day two grade or a round two grade, but okay. there's only typically 15 to 20 round one grades in a typical class. So I would have been fine with the Broncos trading back up into 32, 31, getting that fifth year option and taking the dice roll on him. I think overall it was a, uh, a very good process to bring him in here because you don't know until you know, and you got to keep swinging. I am a fan of um, mm -hmm. taking a quarterback. Heck, I, this might seem egregious in an over, uh, over commitment, but 
I would take a first round quarterback almost every year, every other year, even. And I wouldn't just discard that last guy as well. I would uh, make them compete, let the best guy go and sell the surplus because until you have the quarterback, it doesn't matter. Um, and I don't think that, you know, Drew Locke, did he get a fair shot? You make a good point. It's never going to be the best offensive line the best play caller ever, the best set of weapons ever. And if he needs those to get a fair read on him or, or to be successful in the league, guess what? He's not going to be good enough to go year by year with Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert. Like these are data points that we have. Um, so it's, it stinks, you know, it's not fair, but that's kind of the league. Um, it's never going to be fair because there's a salary cap. There's all these other teams that are trying right. to win as well. So well, and I, I had a first round grade on him. I loved him coming out of Missouri and Nick, who was there at his pro day. Uh, yeah. I mean, here we go. MHI, man. We're the most traveled podcast crew. Scott was down in Mobile. I was out in Vegas. You've hit the combine before. Uh, you were Drew Locke's pro day. I mean, this is what we do here on MHI. It's why we're called MHI, guys. Be sure to get on over to huddleuppod.com. Grab yourself a hat or a shirt. Let's get on over to our guy, Miguel. Uh, Miguel saying, what's up, fellas? I'm so ready to hear some news on free agency and get the ball rolling before the draft. And I think Broncos country is in general. They saw George Payton, in my opinion, hit a home run last year. Quarterback conversation aside, if you will, if you'll allow me that right. Um, but man, George Payton in year two with a, a, a coaching staff that has a pulse. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. We got so Phil McLaughlin coming in here. Thank you so much for the support. Phil. thank you everybody who's coming in and been supporting us so far today. Uh, we got Travis Weber coming in. Show the love, throw up the like stars, share, subscribe, go Broncos. Yeah, HH. Thank you so much, Travis. Naj coming back in. Well, uh, wow. thank you Thanks, so much. Naj. It's good to see you. Um, hey brothers, you see Hackett's offense featuring Javante or a split back system. Will Boone be the number two or will they draft somebody or pick up someone? Who do you think they'll go after that round? Mm, I love it. I love it. Yes, 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 and yes. Uh, Javante Williams will absolutely be the featured back. Nathaniel Hackett loves to run the ball. Go watch some of that Packers film. He's committed to the run game. Why? Because anybody that is worth their salt in the NFL as a passing game coordinator, as a quarterback's coach, cutting their teeth in the league to become a head coach, a son of a head coach and Paul Hackett understands that you run the football to set up situational passing attacks. This is how you take and exploit defenses, Nick. I mean, football is not a hard sport. We overcomplicate it. The hardest part of it is executing it. And I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to use the running game and this Broncos offensive line to set up Beautiful short touchdown passes, uh, drain the clock, actually allow the defense to fill themselves for a little bit and not constantly carry the team through a whole nother year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Naj. We'll see what happens as far as the running backs go. I would like Javante Williams to be the primary bell cow with Mike Boone behind him as the number two and just see how the draft falls to you behind that. Um, would, would it be good for them to bring in a rotational guy or maybe a pure third down kind of running back to uh, dispel them um, to give yourself a different flavor or spice in the backfield? Sure. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, I, but overall, I think you're looking day three of the draft um, round yep. four through seven. If you can mm -hmm. bring somebody who can be cheap in there, um, help, you know, give yourself a somebody who doesn't have a lot of carries. That might be a better zone fit, whether you want to double down on the 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 body type and workload ability that Williams has. So that way, if he gets injured, which is a possibility, Broncos didn't get an injured injury, a big injury last year in the running back position, which is not normal for the NFL, uh, the NFL side of things. So maybe you want to get another guy like that. I actually was pretty impressed with what. Uh, 
Boone showed in a limited sample size. He's also coming from mm-hmm. Minnesota, so he should know the wide zone and the landmarks that it takes to run that. Uh, but right now, I think you know, bring in a very cheap veteran minimum type in free agency, and then see how the draft works out. Uh, you aim to take a guy no earlier than the fourth round, um, but it would be interesting to see what happens. This has got Nick saying, what do you thought about running back to about bringing in Penny or Lindsay? Uh, Rashad Penny, I think he's actually going to get a pretty good contract. Um, he has not been able to stay healthy, but when he has been healthy, he's been incredibly dynamic. Um, he was incredible last year for uh, Seattle the last half of the year. Former first-round pick, which carries some weight as well. Also good pass catcher. He's probably going to get paid more than I would be willing to pay. Philip Lindsay coming back. I guess it's possible. My guess is that there is some not great uh, feelings between Lindsay and the Broncos brass, you know, moving on from one, I guess it was a sign of respect, not keeping him on that. Uh, the exclusive right or the uh, restricted free agent tag, letting him go pursue a different deal. Uh, but unfortunately for Lindsay, he got road to heck um, during his time at Colorado. He's older for the position as well. So, uh, and if he thinks that, you know, Hey, Lindsay, here's a veteran minimum contract. If you want to come back to Denver, if he doesn't want to do that, cause he feels like that's slight to him. I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yeah, and I wrote about it last week on milehighhuddle.com as a, a potential free agent return piece where former Broncos could be coming back in a, in a way. And Malik Jackson was the only real one out of the five that I, I would really like back considering he's actually played pretty well um, for Cleveland and for his age. But Philip Lindsay, I, the size limitations, I think sometimes the ego, that's not going to make me the most popular guy, but hey, it is what it is. Um, well, once you give Javante Williams the bone, you give the big dog the bone, you can't take that bone back and give it to a smaller dog that used to be in that doghouse. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Um, I wish in a better time that Javante Williams and Phil could have played together because the way that Javante Williams runs the ball is the way Royce Freeman should have been. I mean, like that's the same body type, different runners, but it's just like, man, that what could have been um, that that's tough. Lindsay was a was a tough breakup for Broncos country and to see him bounce to Houston and then Miami. And now we're not quite sure where he's going to go. Um, let's get to uh, Rohit. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Please correct me if I'm not saying, hey, guys, I'm a huge fan of the show. I've been watching for years. Thank you very much. My question is, if we have under $50 million in cap space, can we afford Aaron Rodgers? I'm hearing he wants a $50 million a year type deal. Very good question. Thanks for hitting us live stream. Appreciate the love. Yeah, um, the thing that you need to know about the cap space is that it is make-believe to an extent. Um, a lot of these teams have, there's movable cap space every year where you can put in voidable years down the line. You can kick, uh, convert salary cap to bonuses that you pay down the line as well. So if the Broncos want to fit Aaron Rodgers in here for $50 million a year, they can do it. Heck, they could even bring in Devontae Adams, paying him $30 million a year and put it on the credit card. And that's always, you know, it eventually will come back to bite you, but also it's kind of like, I'm going to totally speak out of uh, ignorance here on this one, but I'm using an analogy. I'm probably totally terrible on this one. It's kind of like the national debt. You know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but you keep borrowing on the interest and paying it forward. And it's going to get bigger and bigger, your assets down the line. So really you're never at a true deficit um, because the cap space is going to keep exploding. You're going to have more room in the future because you are just kicking the can, but you're going to have more room in the future. So um, I'm probably, there's some economist out there right now that is absolutely screaming at their phone listening to the podcast like nick you idiot um i do not know much about the economy crypto also different language to me um but uh, that's kind of my perspective on it if you want to make 50 million for aaron Rodgers, you know and you're going to be against the cap space you can do it these contracts are movable the cap space is movable you can create room uh, room if you need to 
I went to my tax attorney today and I, I gave him my paperwork from like Robin Hood with my crypto and he just laughed at me. I, so I was just, just like, oh man, how dare you? First of all, yeah. how dare you? Uh, so yeah, no, I hear you. Cap space guys, don't be afraid of that one. Uh, Nick's right. It, it's going up every year. So you get, you get these capologists and these guys and gals that are really great at crunching numbers and they can continually rework deals. You would be shocked and amazed just like we all are when deals tend to get done when people are like, no, this deal can never get done. Look at the cap space. Look at the guaranteed. Look at this. Look at that. They get done. If the Packers want to get it done, they'll get it done. For me, that's a really good question, Rohit. I, the Aaron Rodgers thing with the money, while I think he's going to get another contract wherever he goes, and I still think that will be the Denver Broncos, um, it's not about money for me with Aaron Rodgers. It's, this is the ego thing. This is the power thing, and for better or worse, I'm not here to comment on it. I don't care. I, I want winning football, and that's Aaron Rodgers in this town. So um, you just got to gotta be patient. I know free agency is so close. The draft is so close. But Broncos country, the best thing is your new staff, led by Nathaniel Hackett, will be in Indianapolis next week with George Payton. First look as the Broncos really fly to an event together. A monumental event. This is a first page in the new chapter that is George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, absolutely. Peter coming in from Cambodia. Good morning to you, Peter. Hopefully your coffee is starting to get a little cool down so you can take a couple sips. Uh, what positions do you guys think the Broncos go after in free agency? I think it's going to be pretty quiet free agency for the Broncos as they hope for a big trade. Personally, I am a big proponent of the Broncos filling out some big holes on the uh, on their roster, on their two deep, but especially on the... Uh, their starters on the 11. So that way you go into the draft as holistically as possible. You don't want to go into the draft where you have like, if I don't take position X, I can't feel the starting unit that will kill me out there. Um, the Broncos did that in 2017. They got lucky, I guess, to an extent that Garrett Bowles fell to them at 20. Um, but that's just a terrible position to put yourself in. It also puts you in a position where you can't take advantage of value. Let's say at, you know, a guy that's top five on your board falls to you at nine. Uh, let's say it's, Kyle Hamilton. You love Kyle Hamilton, the best player in the number one guy on your board. But if you don't take a tackle, you're putting God, no Quinn Bailey there at right tackle. So you have to take mm. a tackle. It's like, you, you can't do that. It's just a terrible uh, job by the front office uh, to do that. I don't think Peyton will do that. So long, a long way to get here. What positions the Broncos have to fill in before they get to the draft? Probably you need to bring in one off ball linebacker uh, yep. to pair next to Baron Browning. I like Jonas Griffith. I like Baron Browning a lot. I'll let those two guys compete next year for whichever starter I bring back. Um, or which starter I bring in, I would be okay bringing in Josie Jewell. Devondre Campbell really intrigues me as well for a scheme fit. He was incredible with the Packers last year in this exact, or what we think is going to be the defense for the Broncos. And the other one is right tackle. I'd be fine paying Bobby Massey a one-year deal and just being like, look, if the best player on the board is a tackle at nine, hallelujah. But if it's not, we don't have to take one in the first three rounds if the board and the talent doesn't dictate that draft slot. So um, again, it's always about plugging those holes in free agency so you can take the best talent available in the draft. What do you think about Anthony Barr as an outside linebacker, former Minnesota Viking, maybe on a cheap deal? They bring a little yeah. bit of age, bring definitely a lot of reps. Don't know how much tread is left on the tire, but maybe a veteran linebacker that the Broncos are looking for. Something like maybe along the lines of a Todd Davis, a serviceable veteran linebacker that's going to be cheap, I think would be best. Linebacker has got to be addressed. I think cornerback, you're still going to see them go after a corner. Um, maybe both free agency and 
end the NFL draft because you have got to continually supplement that position. Um, it's going to be interesting to interesting to tell. Pete's also coming right back here with nose tackle is one position that I see. And Nick, I know you're just dying to see how Coach Evero's defense is going to be, especially on that defensive line. So maybe we'll get a hint of that with some of the free agents or the draft prospects as this process moves forward. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. I know a name that uh, I would personally keep in the back of your pockets, Broncos country, is uh, Michael Pierce. Um, Broncos went after him two years ago. A former Baltimore Raven signed a big deal with Minnesota Vikings. Has had some injuries, but it was a really good run plug for uh, Baltimore when he was there. And Peyton was a part of that front office that brought him to Minnesota. Sounds like he's very likely to be a cap casualty. And uh, I don't think Purcell has been the same since he suffered his injury. You can save yourself a little bit of cap uh, moving on from him this offseason if you so choose. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in here saying someone said that Kenny Pickett would fit the Nathaniel Hackett system that will be running in the Denver offense thoughts. Um, yeah, that was Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah has, I guess, been dubbed. What is, new- what does he know? Right. Just DJ. What is D I love DJ dude. Yeah. You and I have said repeatedly, Daniel Jeremiah is like, he's our guy, man. I, I don't know any, if anybody says Daniel Jeremiah doesn't know what he's talking about, they don't know what they're talking about. Cause he is, he is, uh, he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know, man. Yeah, he's uh, been dubbed by NFL Network and the NFL media conglomerate at large as the the new Mike Mayock, right? Mike Mayock used to do these pre-combine press conferences. Now it's Daniel Jeremiah, um, and he had a his pre-combine press conference um, where I think it was Eric Dalala at the uh, Broncos.com asked him a question about the quarterbacks in this draft and uh, who is the best one in his opinion or the and who was the, the one that fit the Broncos the best. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah would go on to say that Kenny Pickett has the best tools um the best arm talent the best athlete the best frame of anybody here um and he but he said that kenny pickett was probably the best quarterback for the broncos day one emphasizing on the day one part uh kenny pickett's got good precision goes through his progressions pretty well and uh, doesn't have a great arm not a incredible athlete but a, a safe quarterback that could run the offense day one um We'll see how that plays out. I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett guy. He's the oldest quarterback in the class. He'll be 24 as a rookie, which is not great. He also has historically small hands for the quarterback position. And Pro Football Focus had him with 38 fumbles over his career at Pittsburgh, which is an insane number. College football doesn't do a good job with like really verified statistics like that. So I saw different numbers elsewhere, but uh, 38 from Pro Football Focus, which is scary. And uh, well, he sounds a lot like Teddy Bridgewater. I think, his, he, I think you're, <laughs> you want to spend ninth overall pick on Teddy Bridgewater. That's no, no thanks to Kenny Pickett for me. Well, and here's the thing. And I see it in the chat and I see Broncos country fighting amongst themselves. A good debate, a spirited debate. Yeah. And I love a good spirited debate. So keep on it. Keep let let it let it go. Let it free. Let it breathe. Let your soul glow. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, one of the, one of those things, man, where college football and the NFL are they might as well be two different sports. They are so vastly different. And I know you're a huge college football guy. I'm, I'm an NFL draft analyst and I'm not a college football guy. Okay. I, I loosely follow, you know, throughout the season. But uh, when I've got you as a partner, I don't have to. You know, I'm in the know. I know what's going to happen. Uh, I just need to get you to help me cover those spreads a little bit. Speaking about covering the spread, we got a chiefs fan in the house teddy with a 499 super appreciate your support i would say welcome but you are a chiefs fan uh, we appreciate your support here on mhi teddy welcome i'm uh, not trying to clown you guys but why are you still trying to show love to drew lock <laughs> clearly no more than a backup this isn't teddy bridgewater isn't it teddy bridgewater doesn't have a burner on mhi yeah i don't i don't think so but uh teddy hey man uh Hope you're doing well, and congrats on the future big contract you're probably going to get from somebody that's not Denver. Um, Chiefs fan here, but uh, we'll see. Um, as far as 
clowning Drew Locke. I just feel like I really try to be as data driven and logic based as possible, not too high, not too low, and go on historical precedents at the position. Um, there's no reason to clown Drew Locke. It's just the expectations given on what he's done to date should dictate our perspective on him. Um, I don't know about clearly no more than a backup because I think that Drew Locke could find himself very easily in a Ryan Fitzpatrick career where there are years where he's a backup, but there's also stopgap years for him as well, making some good down the field plays of throwing four touchdowns one week, followed by a four interception performance the next. And you know what? Ryan Tana or Ryan Fitzpatrick's made a heck of a living doing that. He's uh what what is he? He's ancient in terms of NFL standards. What's, but what's Ryan Fitzpatrick known for, Nick? Like other than that, is he how would you describe him? Um a funny quarterback who's make some wild throws, but also some WTF throws gets a, gets the, I guess, perception that he is smart, but education college degree smarts, isn't always NFL processing. Oh, uh, come on. He can process information quickly on the field. You don't <laughs> want to say it, but I will say it for you. Yes. I'm not trying to say he's smart and Drew's dumb. That's not it at all. Yeah. Um, it's not about being smart or dumb. It's learning disability. Heck there's people out there in the world with learning disabilities who can function and do things better than me, man. I mean, I'm not just because I have a fully functioning brain doesn't give me the right to comment on uh, another person's intelligence. I absolutely hate that argument. It drives me nuts. But here's the thing. The NFL is about specifically the quarterback. How quickly can you process information and act on that information? Just because you're not able to do that doesn't mean that you're dumb. It just means that you're having a, a hard time with it. You need to be developed. When you have coaching turnover, you're not going to be developed. When you don't have coaches or a fan base that really believes in you, you're not going to be developed. And I think that Drew Locke does not want to be a career backup. I could no. see him bouncing around to your point, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, more than comfortable being a career backup. Uh, so much so he had a kid in almost every city he's been in. So while well, I could see where you're going there, and I, I would just put back on that one a little bit i think drew Locke is in his own category right now it's hard to figure out what the future holds for him but i absolutely hate the argument that he hasn't gotten a fair shake i think drew has gotten enough of a shake and that's sometimes all you can ask as a professional athlete right that original question give me a chance well no. he's had a couple no. and he might get another one too um and that's partially the broncos not doing a good job of bringing him legitimate competition um and finding a no doubt long-term option at the position over the last three years. Um, they cleared the pathway for him in 2020. They went out and they drafted, you know, multiple, they, the year that Drew Locke came out, they top 20 pick on tight end, top 40 pick on interior offensive line. The next year go out and a top five average per year, running back contract to Melvin Gordon, a top five average per year for all the interior offensive linemen and Graham Glasgow, uh, Top two top 40 picks at wide receiver in KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, top 50, excuse me, and another uh, top 100 pick at center position. The Broncos have thrown resources at the offensive, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. There's a reason that we're all talking about these defensive prospects because the Broncos don't have a lot of uh, draft developed defensive players, yeah. especially in that front seven, because they went so hard at the offense. Um, to give Locke the best chance possible. We can argue about Shermer till the cows come home. He's never going to be perfect. Um, but right. he's, you know, it's it's unfortunate. But right now we're still hoping to find the option because we don't know right now. Um, Travis Weber saying, I know we need an edge rusher, defensive line, or offensive line. We really need to address the defensive back situation with the quarterbacks in our division. 100% Broncos are losing three of their top six snap earners in the defensive backfield from last year. Ejiro Ivero, or Ivero. 
I think Jeter. is how you pronounce mm-hmm. the name, um, yep. is uh, coming from the Rams who ran the third highest rate of six plus defensive back defenses in football last year. Um, a lot of different safety defenses as well. And right now we have a pretty massive unknown in Caden Stearns as our safety number two. Maybe you want to bring in another safety to compete with him because Caden Stearns is very uh, viable as a slot and dimebacker as well. So it's some versatility there. And then your slot position. I mean, you're losing all of your top slot players. Is Michael Odumudia going to play the slot? I don't really like him there. Mm-hmm. Are you kicking uh Fuller into the slot, excuse me, not Fuller, Darby into the slot with Ojemudi on the boundary. I think that's a little bit more of a viable solution, but it's not ideal. Um, so definitely defensive back is way up there, and there's some safeties and cornerbacks day two <laughs> that we need to look. My guy Colin, Iowa guy God. slams Harvard. I saw that. I had to go back and look for it. Colin, my uh, guy. I absolutely love it. That's right, man. I'm, uh, I'm about to slam Northwestern too. Trevor Simeon, you know, very smart hey, guy. That's that my guy always- too. That doesn't always lot. translate to the field. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's oh, very smart, dude. but you know, there's a difference between processing on the field and being a book smart. You know, there's when different. My, when my guy Cecil called him a slappy <laughs> and then he had to go see him in the I'm like, dude, how are you going to do my guy Trev like that? Um, yeah. But you're, you're right, man. I mean, like just because you get, you got the book smarts doesn't mean that you can process information just because you're uh, got the street smarts. Doesn't mean you're going to process information. You've got to have not only the mind and the, um, uh, in, ambition to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's you quickness too. You can be brilliant as far as retaining information, but when the bullets are flying, it's right. a different type. You got to go like it's. What's your? Uh, oh God, what's the lizard brain? And you say you know the fight or flight. Like Joe Burrow, guys are flying around, and most quarterbacks freak the bleep out when they're it's, getting hit like that. Joe Burrow's like, I don't care. Keep hitting me. I'm going to come back. Yeah. Up. It's, Not every guy can do that. It's it's different. It's Allen counting cards at, from the hangover, right? With the numbers yeah. and stuff just going. It's it's these guys see things differently. It's like the Matrix, right? They just see numbers. Um, And when you've got a quarterback that can do it, it's so apparent. And when you don't have one, you're the Denver Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> it's Luke, Luke Patterson, Nick Kendall. We're starting to wrap up our show. Scott Kennedy on the ones and twos. We have got about five more, eight more minutes, and I want to keep opening it up because this show has been absolutely lively, and I feel like it's been fairly tame. Nick, yeah. just kind of a quick peek behind the curtain. You and I had been talking a couple days ago, uh, well, yesterday when this news hit, yeah. we're like, okay, we know what we're doing our show on. But yep. we wanted to make sure that we weren't beating Sorry, Drew Locke up. We weren't beating the fan base up. We don't want a divided fan base. We want opinions that are authentic and original and please tell your truth. But at the same time, man, it's he's a Denver Bronco right now. And if Drew Locke needs to be better, which we all say he does, then damn it, I want him to be better. It's that simple. Absolutely. Jacob Foster coming in with uh, support. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's great to see. I think for gosh, the constant support you give us also shout out to Jay. Um, I wanted to give him a hard time because he said he's dyslexic with a 3.72. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves, if I was king of the universe for one day, I would make that the calculators uh, numbers match phones because they're flipped. And I just, i swear to God, I messed so many math tests up because phone dial pads are different than calculators. And I, I why would you do that to me? I, I screw you. Uh, what is it? TI Texas Institute or whatever they are messing yeah, me up. Yeah. The, those, the like TI 84s and those, oh. you know, hundred are making our moms first spend a hundred dollars for us for those damn things. And then you got to get them again. Cause you lost it or uh, hustling calculators. I knew kids that used to hustle calculators. TI 84s, man. Absolutely insane. 
Um, here we go. I wanted to get to this one from Pete real Exit quick. And our guy, Kevin Peterson. I see you, Kevin. Thanks for making the live show on your Saturday night. Where do you guys see Teddy? Um, where do you see Teddy going and why? Uh, for me, I see Teddy as a perfect fit for Indy. Um, hmm. I, I, a lot of cap. I really, yeah, I really yeah. do. I have one year, two year deal with Indy and, and try to see what they want to do there. New Orleans obviously has made a ton of sense. Um, yeah, Indy for me, though, is the top dog for Teddy Bridgewater right now. I think it makes too much sense not to have him. Yeah, they do make a heck of a lot of sense. Um, that's a team that would make be a good get for them. Um, I'm curious if a team like the Seahawks or the Packers do Ooh. move on from their quarterbacks to bring in Teddy Bridgewater as like a one to two year stopgap while you could peruse the market and try to look for an upgrade. That makes a lot of sense. Um, a team that's wants to be built through their defense in the run game, maybe a team like the Steelers as well. And I will say, you know, people are like, Oh, how could you pay Teddy million or Teddy 15, 20 million a year? I think I'd rather do that than uh, do the same for Jamie Garoppolo while also giving up multiple top 100 picks. Personally, that, that's that's just me speaking. <laughs> um, but uh, Teddy, I mean, what was it? Teddy was the 18th ranked quarterback according to Greg Rosenthal last year. Yeah, last week we did it on these very yep. airwaves, man. And we went yep. through the debate. Teddy has got so much ammo at that negotiating table to make his case to be paid like a starting quarterback. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there um, with Teddy. But Again, I, anybody who's looking to spend him huge, uh, spend huge money on him, I think is making a mistake. If you're looking for a stopgap for one to two years that gives you some flexibility, that's that's the the path for Teddy going forward, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of Teddy, coming back in, how much would be willing to give up for Russ Rogers if he stays? Russ, if Rogers stays, retires, goes elsewhere. Everything. I really like everything. I really like Russell Wilson. I will say that some of the data surrounding his play is somewhat concerning for me for the Nathaniel Hackett offense because some of it so much of it is predicated on low hit rate passes um Russell Wilson because of his height unfortunately the under center middle of the field pass game has never been as bad you can look at his heat chart compared to almost every other quarterback it's vastly different than other quarterbacks um so that concerns me a bit as far as Nathaniel Hackett offense with that being said the Seahawks last year brought in a San Francisco Kyle Shanahan disciple to implement that offense. So Russell would have to know at least know what this offense looks like, but it's going to be a mishmash of what uh, a quarterback like Russell does um, and uh, what Hackett wants to do. How much would I give up? Two first round picks plus a conditional pick uh, for 2024 that could end up being a first round pick depending on the Broncos team's success. I give up the exact same. I'm willing to give up Rogers, man. It was just basically anything. So that's those two first rounders, a premium player like Jerry Judy or a Noah Fant. And maybe you talk me into one more pick, but you got to give me like some junk back, like a sixth rounder or something like that. Um, I love Russ. I, I love it. And here's the thing too. I think Russ has got a weird, cheesy, quirky per personality that I don't necessarily gravitate towards. But I don't care. The dude knows football. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. I want him at all costs, just like the Aaron Rodgers stuff. He's a weird dude, man. These guys do weird things. Um, <laughs> right when you think you've heard it all from Rodgers, man. I can't wait to hear what he says next Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. But yeah, man, it's just one of those things where you've got to be willing to put that stuff aside. This is about winning, and the Broncos have not done a lot of winning in the last five or six years that stuff has got to change so russell wilson stay tuned we've got a story up on milehighhuddle.com that the huddle up pods uh own zach kelberman posted four hours ago talking about the broncos being poised to quote explore 
a Russell Wilson trade. So head on over to milehighhuddle.com and take a peek at that. Um, it looks like we got some chat in here talking about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Uh-uh, he's not going anywhere. Um, what do you think about Russell Wilson? I've heard some rumors. See, uh, Seahawks interested in dealing him to a uh, out of conference team, AFC preferred, obviously. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think about Russ Wilson, the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think that that would make a little bit of sense. That would be a very interesting uh, fit for him, no doubt about it. I uh, I don't know if I think it sounds like the Seahawks, if they are going to trade Russell Wilson, are bound. They are bound and determined to also bring back a competent quarterback with them. And, you know, as much as we are doubters of Drew Locke, I would take him 10 out of 10 times over Mason Rudolph. Um, yeah. So, like, if it's a worse pick plus a worse quarterback going to uh, the Seahawks, I just, I, I don't know. I think other teams might make more sense or, you know, be damned. Send him to the NFC. Give me three first-round picks this year and Jalen Hurts from the Eagles. That's a, that's a much better deal. Jalen Hurts is a much mm. higher floor uh, than those kind of guys as well. So, um, that, that's even where the, I said even the Jets with Zach Wilson. If you want to if the Jets want to give up on Zach Wilson and ship ship him to New York. I mean, you've got a young first round quarterback to try to sell your fan base and to get excited about. Yeah, nope, absolutely. It's uh, I guess it's possible Um, with the thing with Zach Wilson is he has a massive contract, a dead cap hit that you'd get because of being that second overall pick. It's not as bad as the. uh Before the last collective bargaining agreement where, you know, Sam Darnold comes into the league as the highest played or highest paid player in the NFL before playing a single snap. Um, Bradford. Which, Bradford. What did I say? Darnold. Oh, Sam Bradford. Excuse you me. You got Sam, Sammy um, D on your mind because he's ruined our, li- he's ruined our lives the last year with what he's done to the market. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, would be interested. I think, you know, Sam Darnold, did you know Sam Darnold and Josh Allen are best friends? Um, mm-hmm. I could see uh, Sam Darnold heading up his way up to Buffalo to be a backup quarterback um, after his contract expires in uh, Carolina, but we'll see. Um, you're talking about, Mediocre quarterbacks here. Um, but though, yeah, the last thing, I guess, you know, talking about Lewis Riddick nuking Drew Locke until Drew Locke uh, plays better. This is how the perception is going to be in the NFL uh, for the Broncos. So if you guys don't like it, um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but it's going to be the reality. Um, so and until Drew Locke plays better or the Broncos go out there and get a no doubt uh, upgrade at the quarterback position. It sucks. Um, but. Broncos had their time in the sun with Elway and a blip of, of sun, I guess, with Manning as well. We're seeing the other side of it now. A lot of teams been searching, wandering the desert of quarterback purgatory for a long time. And uh, right now the Broncos find themselves in there uh, as well. Tim Tebow was more successful than Drew Locke. And I never oh, thought. Yeah. Team's I, team successful. I don't Ah, uh, come not on. And I'm not a Tebow guy. I'm not a Tebow. I used to think the Tebow people were irrational and the stands and all what have you, man. But no, the Drew stuff, I hear you. The the cool thing that Drew has going for him right now is he has got a new start with a new coaching yeah. staff where he has his chance to give them his true impression. George Payton, I think, is still trying to figure him out a little bit as well. He likes to look internally. I keep talking about that, but that's what they are talking about over there at UC yeah. Health Training Center, developing from within. They're going to look at Drew. Uh, Mitchell Mondragon coming in here with a $10 super. Appreciate the support. Thank you for joining MHI, Mitch. Really appreciate you. I can't lie. I'm with Drew Locke till the end. Let's go, number three. And uh, some cool emojis there. Yeah, no, I hear you. If Drew Locke, if Drew Locke turns out to be something that we, I don't see right now, you don't see right now, then that would be great. Then all of the problems, the Aaron Rodgers of the world go away. The Russ Wilson things go away. So, 
I'm here. I'm with you, man. Go Drew, if that's the case, you know. But I think that fans should never be told how to fan. And if people want to root for Drew Locke, then damn it, root for Drew Locke. He's a Denver Bronco. Unless he's on another team, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not paid, paid um, to, to be a emotional, you know, and support these guys without being critical and analytical. But if you want to be a fanatic and emotional and be emotionally tied to these guys, God bless you. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to fan. The only wrong way to be a fan is to tell others the best way to fan gate gatekeeping fans, the door, get out of here. Um, but um, thank you, Mitchell, sure. for your support. And if you want to support Drew Lock until the end, God bless you. Um, he needs you it. Know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, that's fine. You know, if you, it's faith and belief is a heck of a thing and it can be great things for fans and, and many walks of life. So um, I appreciate, and I, I appreciate the perspective of people who have differing viewpoints than me in that. Um, and trash Panda five, one, five, zero saying nothing wrong of being critical. It's probably just the, the scientist in me, you know, everything is the null hypothesis and everything needs to be proven. And, uh, and everything is, you know, nobody's a franchise quarterback until they prove to be a franchise quarterback, that kind of thing. You know, I, I need to see it to believe it. Drew's from the show me state for God's sake. Like he knows a thing or two about proving it. Um, so we'll see what happens here uh, with him. But uh, Lewis Riddick out. Uh, some people saying, Hey, came in late. What happened? Lewis Riddick basically said uh, the Broncos shouldn't bet on outliers. Drew Locke has done nothing in the league today. At best, he's a backup and the Broncos need to improve the quarterback position. Um, Again, um, maybe a little bit more inflammatory than what we've said on here, but it's what a vast majority of people think about Drew Locke and until he plays better consistently, um, that's going to continue to be the rhetoric. And if that bothers you, I'm, plug your ears because that's it's just the reality of where we're at. I've got a dose of optimism for you, Broncos country. You've got options right now with George yeah. Payton and the state of this team. The, we've talked about the cap. We've talked about the draft picks, free agency. The combine is here starting on Monday. I mean, the Broncos have got options and I get it. This is not a great quarterback class, but a quarterback or two are still going to be found out. Maybe even three it happens every year. Uh, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with the quarterback class from last year, two years from now. So, it's it's one of those things where y- you got to wait and see. And that's the hardest part is waiting. Uh, but it's cool when you've got options, when you've got new ideas in the building that aren't going to um, be bullish on the same old things or refrain from going in a new direction. As we start to wrap up the show, let's hit Dan real quick on the on the way out saying, OK, here's what the Denver Broncos need to do. Sign Gardner Minshew, then draft Carson Strong or the equivalent to Jameis Winston? Uh, for me, I honestly, I pulled this up. Um, Carson Strong sounds like he's falling. The knee concerns are a big one for him. Uh, he's going to be off some team's boards, they believe, after the combine because the knee is that concerning for him. Yeah. Also, apparently, he didn't do so hot at the combine in the interview process when they put him on the whiteboard. Did not come off as a... Um, intelligent guy, which is weird because he does a lot of pre-snap checks um, for that Nevada Wolfpack offense. Uh, but the one I wanted to get to here is a uh, signing Gardner Minshew. You'd have to trade for him. And I got to say, if Gardner Minshew didn't have all the off field stuff with him, I'd be okay with it. I, I cannot, I don't know if I can deal with a quarterback whose off the field persona is more enjoyable than their play on the field. I would rather my quarterback be Eli Manning, you know, boring, just saying all the right stuff and be a God on the field. than you know, somebody who's a very average below average quarterback, uh, throwing most of their passes 
at her behind the line of scrimmage um, that, you know, has a mustache, lives in a van and wears jorts. You know, I, I don't give a hoot. <laughs> I don't give a bleep about that stuff. Can you play ball? So I, the, and also yeah. the, the type of fans that, and support that he'd bring out too. just, it scares me. I, I need a guy who can actually play football uh, to put up with that kind of stuff. Yeah, Not that he can't, can't. It's a starting quarterback level. If you're going to have a shtick, you better be a winning quarterback. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is able to have all his weird yeah. shticks and quirks because he's a back-to-back MVP and a Super yeah. Bowl winning quarterback. So uh, do better. That's interesting, man. I <laughs> I love it. That's the way I, I I like the way you described it. His his off the the field ego and personality is surpasses his on the field play. Um, I love it. Yeah, you can't have it, especially when you're trying to get a new ownership in here, new management, new coaching staff. You're trying to build identity for crying out loud. Um, man, it's insane. John Clay is coming in with a $20 super. Thank you very Thanks, much John. for the support, John, saying good evening, gentlemen. I'm getting on late. And I'm really beginning to drink the Malik Willis Kool-Aid. Uh, I think if you want to be big, we have to risk big. What are your thoughts? I absolutely love it. Todd McShay first connected Malik Willis to the Denver Broncos. What was that, Nick, in December uh, on his way too early mock draft, or maybe it was the early January, and I, I wrote about it on myhile.com, but I like Malik Willis. There's so much curiosity and intrigue there, but do you love him? That's what you've got to ask yourself if you're George Payton. Uh, the more time that goes on, I love it even more, just like you, John. Uh, Scott got to see him down at the Senior Bowl where he increased his stock for sure, but there is a reason that experts are saying, you know, watch out, maybe only one quarterback will be drafted. And here's some film footage of Malik Willis at the Reese's Senior Bowl 2022, absolutely putting on a show. From everything I could I could understand, it sounded like he was throwing with such strength and velocity, he even needed to take something off of some of his balls at certain points, Nick. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's going to be 23 years old, so he's a little bit older, older for how raw he is in the skill set department for the quarterback. Uh, hasn't been trained up like a lot of these other quarterbacks as far as the footwork drill. Uh, might take him a little bit of time to get everything from the pre-snap. Uh, I Honestly, I give him the Trey Lance treatment where the first year, break in case of emergency, but I don't want to see him because I don't want him to just rely on his athleticism. I want him to rely on his processing and brain and then – in a worst case scenario, break out that athleticism. Um, with that said, the tape is erratic, uh, no doubt about it, but the tools are incredible. It's going to come down to the intangibles, the competitiveness, the intelligence, the not only want to be great, the need to be great. Um, you have to have that at the quarterback position. Otherwise you're just going to be one of the many guys who, you know, no disrespect to them, but you know, get forgotten in history. Um, so, uh, he's one that I would be con considering him in the top 10, but it's going to come down to those intangibles and information that we simply won't have from where we sit. Unfortunately, we will have more information on Monday yes, uh, to the Indianapolis combine is back and uh, there's no bubble or anything like that. I saw you and Scott talking about it the other morning and that was a really good show. Go check out Broncos for breakfast and building the Broncos as well. Um, yeah, man, it's we're going to find out who the Broncos are at least talking to, who they like. It's going to be really, really interesting. Stay tuned to milehighhuddle.com. I had an article dropped there today. Nick has got uh, an article that's released on there, at least one right now, and then he's got a few on deck, so stay tuned. I think the Huddle Up boys will be back tomorrow, so let's get on out of here. It's always a quick hour. We went just a little bit over, but Broncos country, we're having so much fun with you guys. It's hard to want to put a cap on that, put a lid on it, but that's what we got to do until next Saturday. You will find us 
anywhere you'd like. You can get us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Kendall MHH, at Luke Patterson LP, at, Sc- at Scout Kennedy, and always at the mothership at Mile High Huddle. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com, huddleuppod.com store to grab yourself some MHH gear. And uh, you could catch Nick and Scott every morning for building the Broncos Monday through Friday. You could catch Nick on building, or excuse me, Broncos for breakfast Monday through Friday, building the Broncos every Tuesday night with Carl. And uh, yeah, man, always a great show. I had a super great time with Broncos country. They absolutely showed up and showed out tonight on Saturday night. Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate the discourse and the differing opinions in here. Um, I like to think this is a safe space where, you know, if you have a different opinion on something, as long as you can back it up and not get offended if somebody pushes back on you saying, hey, yeah. let's think about this. Let's talk about this. Why do you think this way? I think otherwise, you know, as long as it doesn't turn into immediately ad hoc conversations and whatnot, we can have a really good time and all learn and get better uh, as football fans, draft fans, Bronco fans in general. Um, so we appreciate you guys. Everyone have a great night. Stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.